Um, right, give me a minute. You guys all right? Good. Um, oh. There is always such a sense of um, joy and also, if I'm honest, like relief <laughs> when the things that God puts on your heart is then uh, it's evidenced in the in what in what God is saying through everything is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, I'm re- yeah, good English. Thanks. So it's going to get better. I'm hoping. Um, oh yeah. Um, uh, welcome. My name's Kat. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm one of the pastors here, and it is uh, it's great to be here and to be with you all. Um, we are continuing our culture series. So we um, hands up if you've got one of these. Awesome. Hands up if you hands up if you are in a culture group. Great. Hands up if you lead a culture group and you've got space for more in your group. Awesome. So keep your hands up. Anyone who's not in a culture group, just have a look around. Pick someone you like the look of. And, uh, and go and find them afterwards and say, can I be in your culture group? Um, because they, this is, you can do this by yourself in the quiet of your own room. Isn't it all right? It's not your fault. Bear with. Sorry. Sorry. Just talk amongst yourselves. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, no, it's, no. It's pushing your cheek. Hello, okay. There you go. Cool, thanks. Um, you can do this by yourself, but it's so much better doing it with other people. Yes. You actually... Well, I, I, I love my culture group. I don't know about yours, but I think mine's absolutely brilliant. And we have, we have the best conversations around the stuff in here because everyone in our group is bringing different experience um, and understanding of what it means to live out the stuff that is in here that is actually just straight from out of here. (laughs) Um, So if you're not in a culture group, just really, really encourage you to get into one. It is not too late. Um, So... This is um, our second week talking. I don't actually have a clicker or any. Thank you so much, Ethan. Ethan's on it. Can we just honour Ethan for a moment? This, this wonderful man basically doesn't stop moving from the moment that he walks into the room and into this building until he leaves. He is just just a, a wonder, and we are so grateful for him. Um, so I can't even remember what my first slide is. Thanks, Ethan. Great. So these are... <laughs> this is going well, hey? Uh, so these are our 11 culture statements. Um, and we are looking... This is the second week of looking at culture statement number four, which is God has a plan for our lives. So as we have been doing up on your feet... Up on your feet. 
Up on your feet again, I know. On your feet again. We are going to, we're going to declare these together. There is life in the power of our tongues. That's a culture journal for anyone who couldn't see what I was holding up there. And you can scan that for a culture group. Here we go. So let's read this together. So from 4A, we are a people of purpose and look to live from a place of knowing who we are, why we're alive, where we're going, and what impact we'll have on the world. We believe God has given us the freedom, gifts, and resources to fulfill what he has asked of us and live from a mindset of abundance, not lack. We embrace our differences and celebrate the unique part we're invited to play in the story of our family and communities. We know we are designed in the image of Creator God and are wired for creativity. We believe that I am who God says I am and I have what he says I have. Amen. Amen. So I'm just going to take a quick sip, actually. Um, Nick started us off last week, and the essence of her message, which, bless her, she brought in like 12 minutes left, (laughs) which is, you cannot pursue God's plan for your life unless you first understand him as father. And if you don't know him as father and understand who you are in him, then you are always going to be striving. There is, there is such a, a search and a longing inside of our hearts in our society and within the church for significance, for value, and striving for that is just exhausting. Isn't it? Anyone else? Like, it's exhausting. It is backbreaking. Pursuing the plans that God has for your life is, so, is supposed to be life-giving. But it's only life-giving if you do it from a place of rest in knowing that he is pleased with you before you even lift a finger or wiggle a toe first thing in the morning. The rest that you can find in God is knowing in your heart as well as in your mind that you were created and designed on purpose and for a purpose. And your significance lies in who your dad is and what he calls you. So we are going to um, we're going to look at a verse in the Bible. If you've got your Bibles, um, then turn to Jeremiah twenty nine verse eleven. This is a pretty well known verse, and I just want to take a couple of minutes to uh, talk around this and just pick it apart a little bit. So, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, 
plans to give you a hope and a future. I, I'm going to tell you a little bit of um, my story when it comes to this verse. I, I've known this verse for a long time, as I imagine many other people who have been in church and who have spent time with their Bibles, we know, we, often we know this verse quite well. And God really showed me some new stuff in this a few years ago. Um, so before we were, uh, me and my husband were part of Numa Church, it was then Ashford Vineyard, we were um, doing our best to plant a church up on like the North Kent coast. And uh, we gave it our best go for about two years. And it got to a point where we kind of came to a decision moment of whether we could continue, whether we could continue with no team and um, being bivocational. And, you know, Josh was working a full-time job and we had very small children and a whole other load of factors and it was a massive wrestle, and I, that's a bit of an understatement. When you are so sure and convinced of the thing that God has called you to, and it doesn't go to plan. And I, Josh and I, had a um, fairly... It wasn't an argument, it was like a heated conversation. <laughs> Uh, where Josh, Josh kind of got there a bit before I did and kind of just said, I, th- I think we need to stop. And I remember saying to Josh, I cannot stop unless God gives me permission to stop. I, ca- I just ca- I can't, because this is what he called us to. We've been so sure of that. I need, I need to hear from him. I needed to hear from his own mouth that we could stop, that that permission was there. And, um, and I think it was a few days after that, and you'll know that God can speak to you anywhere, right? And God spoke to me while I was unloading the dishwasher. And in that moment, he, he talked to me and he said, it's, it's, it's okay, you can stop. And then he said a few other things as well, because he, could, he knew that my heart was in pain because it felt like we'd failed. It felt like something had gone wrong and that that was, a, that was on us. And that if we stopped, almost like there would be this kind of void of like, what else is there? Like, I've given my whole life to pursuing this. Like, what else is there? And... Um, and God started talking to me from this verse because I'd kind of, in my head, I had become very linear in my thinking and thought in my thinking, this is God's plan for my life. And God said to me, this is my plan for your life, but I have plans, plural, I have plans, plural. Not just one plan. I have plans, plural. And I will, 
and I will get you to where you need to be. And that was just a huge, like, oh, oh, okay. I'm not actually that powerful that I can scupper the plans of God. Some of you need to hear that. You're not actually that powerful that you can scupper the plans of God. There are, God has many plans to get us to our purpose. The, uh, the plans in, in this verse, in Jeremiah 29:11, for I know the plans I have for you, that word is purpose, thoughts, destiny. He has so many thoughts for you. He has so much destiny for you. The plans that God has for us are known and they are being woven together in the fabric of our lives because the the root of that word that translates as plans or purposes speaks to a literal weaving or a braiding. He is weaving his thoughts, his plans, his destiny into the fabric of your life. And he has plans to prosper you. Now, I think in the church, we, we can be quite um, nervous of prosperity teaching. And so we can kind of look at that word and think, and get a little bit like uncomfortable. Maybe, I, am I just the only one? Or is that for some of you as well? Like the prosper, that God wants to prosper you. The root of that word, prosper, is shalom. It speaks of completeness. It speaks of wholeness and thriving in absolutely every area of your life. It's talking of completeness and wholeness and thriving in your mind, in your body, in your welfare, in your relationships, in your health, in your finances. It's the, it's the whole complete package. And that discomfort that we have in us, that God would want to prosper us, that God would want us to thrive in every area of our life, we can like the sound of that, but actually I would put it to you because I can see this in myself. I think in a lot of us, we only believe it for certain areas of, it, of our life. And we don't believe it for the whole. God has plans to give you a hope. The root of that word literally means an attached cord. An attached cord. Uh, Joshua 2.18, where... Um, Uh, the group of spies have gone into Jericho to kind of scout out um, the city before they they go and take it. And they come to a uh, a prostitute's house, a, a lady called Rahab, and she welcomes them in, and she basically says to them, if you come and take this city, I will help you. But my condition is, is that I am saved and my family is saved. 
and they basically make an agreement that the, the scarlet rope that, that, is, that they are let down out of her window on the city walls to, to go and hide before they go safely back to camp, that that scarlet cord is left outside the window as a sign that she is to be kept safe and she is to be protected. That is what hope is. That is what hope is. It is, the, it is an attached cord. It is a guarantee of rescue. It is a guarantee of freedom. It's a guarantee of life. And actually, in order to accept the plans of hope that God has for us, it's an act of faith to put out that rope. It's an act of faith to put out that rope. And God will come through. And I just want to come on to... um, the, the The main piece that I felt God speak to me about as I was preparing for this because there's, there's, like, there's so much good stuff in, in these culture statements and at the start of the week I was like, ah, where do I start? And, and I, the, the thing that God has been talking to us about all morning is control and surrender. Jesus is looking for his people and whatever his people have in their hands. And what, af- what often happens, though, is, is that we, um, we look at what's in our hands and then we take a sneaky peek at what's in the person's hands who's standing next to us. And we go, oh, What's in my hands doesn't really seem all that great compared to what's in their hands. And in that moment, a daylight robbery occurs. Comparison is not just the thief of joy, but it's an identity thief and it leaves shame as its calling card. Shame and false identity cause us to return to our places of familiarity and security, even if that means forfeiting our destiny and turning our backs on our purpose. And that is why the first substatement, let me go back. This is why this, the first substatement is first. Thank you. because it underpins all of the others that follow. If you are facing to your purpose, knowing that you are a beloved child of God, knowing that you are alive with a deposit of grace on the gifts that God has placed in your hands to reflect his image and his glory... And if you are in tune with the Holy Spirit to know where he wants you to move and the impact that you will have on the world, 
that's when you're running. Romans 8.14 says, All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We say in our giving declarations that we are led by God's Spirit and not driven by lack. But that refers to more than just money. Do you know... Do you know that you are a beloved child of God? Yep. 1 John 3 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, for that is what we are. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was listening to a podcast this week by a... Um, a uh, prophetic teacher called Chris Vallotton, and he asked this question, are you a manifestation of God's imagination or yours? (laughs) If we become what or who we behold, are you becoming what God thinks of you and what God says you are or what you think about yourself and what you say about yourself? What are, what are we meditating on? And I don't mean like meditating, <laughs> I don't mean like meditating like a, um, and emptying your mind with some like calming spa music on in the background. Not that, not that kind of meditation. I'm talking about like biblical meditation. If, you, if you've still got your Bibles open, well done. You can turn quickly to Psalm 1 verse, uh, and we're going to just look at verse 1 to 3. What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's ways, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His passion is to remain true to the word of I am. I am is one of God's names. Meditating day and night on the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. The word meditation that is used here and um, and a number of other places in the Bible refers to a um, a growling lion. The noise that a lion makes over its prey once it's been caught. For any any dog owners in the room, wave your hands at me. There is. Um, <laughs> Some of you more willing dog owners than others. (laughs) This is is talking about um, something that is known as resource guarding. And often, actually, it's quite problematic with dogs because it can mean that they they get hold of something. It can be a toy, so they can resource guard over their toys. They can resource guard over their food, or it could be anything. And often, and it is problematic because it means that if you go to take it away, often what happens is, whoa. 
David writes here in this psalm that remaining true to the word of the one whose very name is identity is to resource God, the revelation of God as Father. Say it again. I will. (laughs) Remaining true to the word of the one whose very name is identity is to resource God, the revelation of God as Father. Hold on to what God says you are aggressively. Hold on to it aggressively, intentionally. Anything that comes near you to try and take it away, you start growling. But David talks about meditating day and night. Resource guard that. Hold on to it aggressively through times of insight, when you can see so much in front of you, and in times of darkness, when you have no idea what the next step is in front of you. Hold on to it. Jesus is... Oh, I need to wrap up. Help me, Lord. Jesus is relentlessly seeking us out in his love to call us back and to redeem us into his purposes. And we get so burdened by comparison. We get so burdened by other people's expectations of us. We get so burdened with striving and trying to keep up with others because we're just constantly looking around and distracted by everything else that other people have in in their hands that we forget and lose sight of what God has put in our hands and what he is asking us to steward And the key to the key to our focus, the key to relinquishing, like loosening, just dropping that control, because it's control. The key to dropping that is surrender. Amen. And it is surrendering to, and this isn't this isn't pop, this is not popular. This is not popular. We like to try and forge the plans in our lives. And do you know what? Actually, God, God gives us permission to do that. The Bible says, man, man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his path. So you, guys, you make, make plans, but make your plans surrendered, brought below and underneath the sovereignty of what God says about you, who God says you are, what he says that he has put in your hands. (sighs) Surrender. It's just, it's just surrender. I've got just, I can't get away from that. It's just surrender. We've just, got, we've just got to let go. We've just got to let go. He has, he has such good things for us. He's got such good things for you. He's got such good things for you. He's got such good things for you. He has called each and every one of us to such good things. It's not going to look the same as the person next to you. And that is God. It's good and it's God. 
And the sooner we surrender to that, the sooner that we can let go and actually just be like, God, you have given me what I have in my hands for your purposes, for your glory, and actually what I have in my hands is a true reflection of the, of, of the God of the universe. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's just stand, let's stand up. We've got to, res- we've got to respond. <laughs> um, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You, I'm going to read this over, to, I'm going to change it to you. I'm just going to read it over you. You are his workmanship. He has created you. He has formed you. You are a marvelous creation. You are a marvelous creation. He did a good job when he made you. He did a really, really good job when he made you. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You are created for good things. Which God has prepared for you beforehand. He's prepared for you ahead of time. Isn't that just so kind? He's got it all. He's got it all already. You don't need to you don't need to like work it up. He's got it all already. That we should walk in them. And Oh gosh, there are so many ways that we could respond right now. There are some of you who are just like I I need that I that you need that I this thing around identity. You need it to land. You need it to dr- like drop down in here. It's like it's never fully made that 18 inch journey from your head down to your heart and you just and you just need it to land and you know that you need it to land. So if that is you, I just I invite you to put your hands out in front of you. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would land it in these precious people in their hearts right now. And we take authority over all shame and comparison. We repent, God, where we have not honored what you have put in our hands and where we have longed to have what someone else has had. We repent of our jealousy. We repent of our jealousy and we surrender ourselves to you, Father, to the good and perfect the gifts that you have placed in our hands and we accept them and we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would fall on us in power and in love and with your grace. that we would run the race that you have called us to and that we would stay in the lane that you have for us. God spoke to me um, before coming here and uh, and talked to me about that there are some people here today who um, have post-COVID fatigue and I'm not talking about 
um, that you've had COVID and that you've got kind of long long COVID symptoms of fatigue. Although if you do, then we will pray for you. (laughs) So you can just come forward anyway. But God was talking to me about a post-COVID fatigue, just a just a, t- such a tiredness and like a resignation of like I it just feel it just feels too hard it feels too like too much effort this talk of purpose these talk of plans that you have for my life it just feels like so much effort and I'm tired and I'm just res- I just want to resign myself to a simple quiet life And God wants to meet with you today about that because the the difficulty in that for you is that you are seeing the things that God has for you, but the way that you think that you have to get there is by effort and straining towards them. And I believe that there is a rest that God would, that God wants to give you this morning. A rest that you can start, you can start moving forward into the purposes and plans that God has for your life, where you've kind of taken a, a back step. And He wants to just give you, give you rest, and actually just reignite that in you. So if that is you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to come to the front, like now. <laughs> if uh, before we start to before I completely wrap up if you have children we have I'm, I'm so I'm going to apologise to the kids too later if you if, uh, if you have children um, please do feel free to go up and, and get them. Please say a massive thank you to the kids team. And you know what? You can bring them back down into here and, and have them in this environment. It's so good for them to be able to see God moving. Uh, if you are a key leader or a wider leader um, here just uh, and you're not at this moment receiving from God, then please, I just invite you just to come and, um, and just get beside these people who have come to the front. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Father, I just I just pray for these precious, precious people, these precious children of of your in your family here at the front, and I just I break off them right now in Jesus' name, fatigue and resignation and a, and a, a, the word I have in my head is like a spirit of dullness, a spirit of dullness. I just break that off of you in Jesus' name. Just break that off of you in Jesus' name. Just break that off you in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask you that right now you would come around each one of these folks here. And I ask you that you would put your big daddy arms around them. 
I thank you that these folks have got the backing of heaven. They have the backing of their father to walk in the gifts and the things that you have placed in their hands. And so I ask you, Father God, that you would, as you put your arms around them, that there would be a releasing and a surrender of of striving and effort and that your ease would just come over them now. Would you draw them into, into into rest? And for everyone else just in the room now, just invite you to pop your hands out in front of you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. We're just going to pray together. Father, I ask you that for each and every person who has their hands out in front of them now, that you would anoint the things that you have placed in their hands, the plans and purposes and the gifts that you have placed in their hands, that you have placed on their life. We ask you for a fresh deposit of your anointing. Fresh deposit of your anointing. speak to dreams that have been buried so deep under pain, under disappointment and we say to those dreams, wake up arise wake up dreamers wake up dreamers great the love of the Father that he has lavished on you. That you would be called a child of God for that is what you are. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of adoption. The spirit who, who draws us into family. The spirit who draws us into identity. And he, and he is moving. So just keep responding to him.
ending as you're going to get. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you have done, everything that you are doing, everything that you will continue to do. And I ask you, Father, for an increase of your activity in our lives and in the people that we love and that we serve and that we meet this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk, where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week, and remember you're loved.